Welcome into TGI Friday, TGI Setup Saturday. <laughs> we are talking about the eclipse. Hi, Thomas Miller. Welcome in to the Fun Astrology Podcast. Glad you stopped by. Stephanie is going to be here tomorrow, so we will be talking with her about some medical astrology. We're going to stay away from the eclipse and just let her talk about medical astrology. Yesterday, we talked about where the eclipse might show up in your own chart. If you didn't catch that, I would reference you back there for that. We talked about it quite broadly. Lots of places you could be looking in your own chart for signs and signatures of this eclipse. Today, we're going to talk about what to look for. First, just a quick technical note on when the eclipse happens. Timeanddate.com is a great website, and it actually converts the peak of the eclipse to your own time zone. If you're basically probably listening to this, you're not going to see it. You'd have to be in Antarctica right now. It will catch some of the southern tip of South America and southern, very southern part of Australia as a partial, but the full is only basically relegated to Antarctica. I'm sure there will be cameras on it because there's so much military technology down there. But the official new moon here on the East Coast is at 2.43 a.m. So those of you on the West Coast and beyond, as in Hawaii, will be experiencing this as a Friday eclipse. Now, again, I would reference you to timeanddate.com for that. But I just, I, thinking about what this looks like, I have so many thoughts about this. So number one... I'm just comparing it to the lunar eclipse three weeks ago. And I'm thinking already during the lunar eclipse, I was experiencing tech issues. Also was hearing of others experiencing them as well. In fact, quite a few people. People were talking about amplified dreams. Now, normally, if you were looking at a pair of eclipses, you would tilt toward the solar eclipse being the more influential. But so far on a parallel timeline of This pre-eclipse and that pre-eclipse already seemed like it was starting to manifest, which tilts me back to that this one will be a post-eclipse manifestation. And when I put this in context with what I'm seeing myself, now this is my little eyes and I could be wrong, but I'm seeing December's alignments as just really pivotal for changes going forward, including a change in the nodes of the moon. So I'm almost not playing fair because that right there changes things. So it's like, yeah, okay, well, what else have you got? Well, I got an eclipse and several other things, Neptune going direct. So all of these things together make December a real cauldron of activity in the sky. So what aspects do we have to this eclipse? All right, like we talked about yesterday, it's happening at 12 degrees, 22 minutes, Sagittarius. We have a quincunx, like I mentioned yesterday, to Uranus up in Taurus. I'm narrating The Endless Sky for Steve Forrest. He chose that title well, by the way, Endless. (laughs) It's still going, y'all. I hope to finish this week. I have to finish or either stop this weekend because I'm headed to Texas to meet Lily Kate. But he had a chapter in there on the quincunx, and I'm fresh with that fresh on my mind. It's basically scratchy unless the two energies can learn how to work and cooperate with each other, and then they can focus on healing each other's wounds and blind spots. Now, that's the very, very, very short of it, but we have the moon and the sun conjunct together, the bones of the eclipse itself, if you will, quincunxing Uranus. There's another quincunx. Mars is quincunxing Eris. And remember, in mythology, 
Mars and Eris are brother-sister. Mars, god of war. Eris, goddess of discord. Roman goddess Discordia. I hope they choose to help each other. Now, I've been talking about this signature, too. Here's another. Venus is approaching, is applying to Pluto, where it will conjoin on the following Saturday, the 11th. Now, that's kind of an interesting conjunction because, like, I've been trading the markets this week very successfully. (laughs) There's a, I mean, whoa, very successfully. There's a Venus-Pluto conjunction applied to finances, applied to money, that side of Venus, if you ever had one. I mean, it's been crazy. And I also know of relationships that are being affected by this in a way of the shadow side of Pluto. I actually know one couple who is getting a divorce and they're trying to get their papers signed. I'm kind of like, they don't follow astrology, neither one of them, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'd wait until the other side of that, I think, and maybe catch that energy on the backside because what it would portend for me, at least just kind of a quick interpretation is, That might lead to revisions down the road. You know, maybe just wait even a few days after that exact conjunction. So the week of the 13th. It's that kind of thing. Now, there's a very wide square to Neptune. Now, remember, Neptune stationed direct on Wednesday. So it's moving forward now. If you want to go within like a 10 degree, I mean, it's a wide orb. But even if we trace it back to how the ancients would have interpreted it, Just based on Sagittarius and Pisces, that's a square. So are we seeing clearly? Are we aligned? I did a subconscious mind mastery podcast on this. It's the one before the current one. It's number 266 where I talked about having our three bodies that are connected to different energies aligned. Would highly recommend. If you got 20 minutes, that's a really good one to expand on this particular aspect of how Neptune might be relating to this eclipse. Bottom line, we want those channels open and clear and pure. So you want your A game on as far as your spiritual practices right now. And it's not only just your physical body and your mind, it's your subconscious, your unconscious mind as well, particularly related to Neptune. So that podcast covers all of that. So how do we summarize this? What do we boil this down to? Well, number one, you don't have to look too far here if you wanted to through the eyes of the shadow side. If you wanted to write a dark novel about this eclipse, you could. If that's the side of the coin you want to look at, you are fully within good astrological interpretation to say that there could be some challenges coming from this eclipse, what might be getting started. And let's not forget that the south node of the moon is about two weeks, two and a half weeks away from moving into Scorpio. But let us not make the very tragic mistake of only looking at one side of the coin. We mentioned Venus-Pluto, and I, I mentioned that I've been doing some trading successfully, so there's a money amplification around this. What was the whole theme of the moon, of the lunar eclipse? Remember? Money. Man, if you lock on to that Venus conjoining Pluto financially and really focus your practice around that, you've got a powerhouse on your side right there. And that aspect, ironically, is trining the north node of the moon, moving in the direction of your soul and 
That aspect is also sextiling Neptune. Ha 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 ha! See, don't ever look at just the shadow because now you're getting all the positive sides of Neptune. Has your intuition been on fire lately? Have you been getting signs and synchronicities? Yeah, Neptune is direct. Yay! And it's also sextiling that playful aspect. Remember, when you think of sextile, you think of tile. That playful aspect of newness and freshness and enjoyment and wow, and that is going straight to Venus and Pluto. In fact, if you are in a budding potential future relationship, wait until the eighth. Wait until just a few more days, mid next week, before you move that too far forward, because then Venus will be out of bounds and you'll just be in good clear space, and that aspect will still be intact. That sextile to Neptune. So there's just a lot of really good stuff related to that. Also coming off of that Venus-Pluto conjunction is another sextile. This time to Mars in Scorpio. I have my Sun and Mars in Scorpio, and now finally through the eyes of astrology, I understand that Mars adds power. Pluto is three x Mars. <laughs> It's Mars times three. So we have a lunar eclipse that was all about money. You've got Venus already manifesting and showing that money is flowing easier right now. It's moving into Pluto, the very strongest of the financial astrology planets. You've got Mars punching that just in a supercharged, deep way from Scorpio. Passion, intensity, the whole thing. I mean, this is like whoa! This thing is so sizzling hot. It's amazing. And don't forget the relationship piece. Now I talked about the shadow side on the other side, but this is a great time to really advance your relationship in a very spiritual Neptune, powerful Mars, unconscious, subconscious Pluto. In other words, getting to the soul of a relationship, getting to the soul of the relationship with yourself. With your own subconscious, your own subconscious mind, it's all there. So figure out which side of the coin of this eclipse you'd like to look at, because there's a really good side there too. All right, I hope that helps. Yeah, things are happening around the world, and they are very serious. And I know that we have listeners to this podcast in places where some of the like it's not happening in my neighborhood, but it might be happening in yours. And that's the shadow side. So we do have an offsetting positive, and we just have to hang there. All right. Hope you have a great eclipse. Stephanie and I will be back tomorrow, and then we'll see you back here on Monday.